0: Hello, everyone, and it's that time again. Welcome to the Sydney St. James Show. We sure appreciate you dropping in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new season of the Sydney St. James Show. You know, As I was getting ready for season two, we have two episodes, the pilot one, which kicks off this season, and this one right here. The pilot is taking longer because my guest is a little longer on getting what we need to finish that particular episode. I didn't want to sit around because I've had a lot of folks saying, when am I coming out with my next episode? So welcome to season two. And welcome to actually episode two of the Sydney St. James Show. Well, I want to kick this episode off by telling you I was sitting around a burning fireplace on the first day of a cold front, enjoying the flickering flame of my fireplace and thought about the day my wife and I put a big sun perch on a trot line. Barbara looked at me and said, The bait's almost as big enough to fry up for a fish fry. Then she went on and said, what in the world would be big enough to eat that big a fish? Well, she got her answer. The next morning we went out in a rowboat and she pulled us along with the trot line. And then all of a sudden, after a long ear piercing yell, she had her answer, a 52-pound yellow catfish. I know this sounds like a fish tale, but it's the truth. And to make the matter even worse, she dropped the line in the water and looked at me with a small fishing net in her hand and said, I think we need a bigger net, and started laughing. We went back to the dock got a bigger net, and lo and behold, we got that monstrosity into the boat. Well, today, we're gonna talk about another big fish. We're gonna talk about the great fish, the giant fish, the Megatron of all fishes. Today, we're gonna talk about a whale. You probably know my story already. It's Jonah from the Old Testament, a prophet who was swallowed by this whale or as told actually in the Bible, by a great fish. Then, three days later, the frightened man was spit up on a beach. After he dried out, Jonah then did what God had told him to do in the first place, which was preach the repentance to the people of Nineveh. He did. The people listened. They converted and everybody lived happily ever after. Just like in the other fairy tales, right? Of all the fish stories, my story, other ones you might have heard, or the one about Jonah and the whale you've ever heard, the one about Jonah, is the least likely to be even remotely close to the truth. No wonder atheists and other skeptics love to point to Jonah as evidence the Bible and Christianity are nothing more than fairy tales that no rational person could possibly believe. Could they maybe be right? Remember, I said maybe. Guess what? The fairy tale version of Jonah, they love to deride, is not what the Book of Jonah found in the Old Testament is all about. But before I begin my storytelling of the real story of Jonah and the let's step back for just a second. Let's talk about that real story of Jonah. The Bible. Being the infallible Word of God states that after the prophet Jonah was thrown into the sea, he survived for three days inside the belly of a great big old fish. This seems improbable when you consider the following. There are two categories of whales. I looked this up on the internet, remember? But of course, you can't believe everything you read on the internet. But honest to goodness, I believe this is the truth baleen whales that feed on plankton and there's tooth whales that hunt and kill their prey. It is not possible to get into the stomach of a baleen whale as a man would have to squeeze through an esophagus only a few inches wide. A tooth whale has four stomach chambers and they're all full of digestive enzymes. Enough to get a man would have to get past the teeth first And then he would have to avoid the nasty enzymes that are going to corrode him. Lastly, there's no air inside the stomach of a whale. Only methane gas. And that would have killed Jonah. Now, just because the Bible says it happened doesn't make it true. Science tells us what nature does when left completely to itself. Miracles happen when nature is not left to itself. Whoever wrote the book of Jonah probably understood that human beings don't normally get swallowed by whales, let alone survive if they did. The book of Jonah in the Bible is very short. It contains just one story And that's about Jonah the prophet. It's usually interpreted as reminding us we just can't run away from God and hide. And it's showing the Gospel as good news of God's wish to forgive the sins of people who honest to goodness turn to him. But there's more to the story of Jonah and the whale than the Gospel suggests. So now, let the story begin. Jonah was a wise and gentle man. He lived in Israel a very, very long time ago. He was admired and loved and respected by all the people in the community. It seemed that when anyone had a problem, they would always turn to Jonah to help them solve all sorts of issues they were having. He gave them very wise advice. God loved Jonah because he was such a good man and helped so many people. Jonah loved God and respected him above all else. He followed his teachings and prayed to him all the time. Nineveh was a neighboring country of Israel people of this country were bad, evil. They didn't follow God's teachings. They did many bad things and all were cruel. Because of this, God became very upset and angry with the people of Nineveh. God spoke with Jonah and called on his assistance. Jonah I have something I need to tell you. My Lord, I am so happy to be of service to you. Tell me what it is that you wish for me to do. There is a place called Nineveh not very far from here. The people who live here are all evil. They rob from one another. They kill their own brothers and many, many other evil things. The king overlooking Nineveh is very lazy and he is also selfish. He sits around and eats his belly full every day and drinks to almost passing out at times. The entire time, all of his people are starving. I've continued to watch him, and he doesn't care one bit for his people. What they are doing angers me. Because of this, Jonah, I have lost patience and have decided that I will destroy them all. But Lord, I I understand. I know of them well. And they are very evil as well. They are wretched, wretched, terrible people. And they are our sworn enemies. Very well then, Jonah. In 40 days, I am going to destroy all of Nineveh. This means every living soul there, human and animals, this, is my final decision. So be it, my Lord. You've told me that your decision is, but I still don't understand what it is that you wish for me to do. What do you want me to help you with? I have had my eye on you a long time, Jonah. You are a good and gentle, righteous man. You have always followed my teachings and have always obeyed me. Yes, my Lord, I have trusted you. I have always trusted you. This is why you must go to Nineveh right away, Jonah. Talk to the people about me. I feel they might be evil because they do not know about me. You must speak to them about my everlasting love for them, but that they must change their ways and do away with their evil ways and become good people. This is something only you can do, Jonah. But, oh God, how is it that I'm going to do this? They're very evil. They won't listen to me. Besides, they are our sworn enemy. They are constantly attacking and killing people in this country. I don't understand why you ask me to do this, Lord. They steal from us and hurt our women. Oh, Lord. That is so, so true, Jonah. I am asking you to go and tell of them, of me, dear Jonah. So you're giving them a second chance, my Lord? Yes, if they fail, they will all be destroyed in 40 days. You, Jonah, are their only hope for survival now. Only you can convince them to mend their evil ways and turn to me, their only living God. I have complete faith in you, Jonah. But God, you've made the decision to destroy them all at the end of 40 days. Why in the world would you ask me to go there and risk my life, my Lord? All my countrymen will celebrate your destruction of Nineveh because of their such evil ways. My people will surely abandon me if they hear that I went to Nineveh to explain to them that they must mend their ways or be destroyed this Jonah is my will you must do as I command and leave for Nineveh immediately very very well my lord I will do as you command Jonah was troubled deeply by what God had asked him to do. To begin with, he was happy God was going to destroy Nineveh and all the people and all the animals that lived there. They were enemies of Israel and no matter what he would say, nothing was going to change their ways. But how in the world could he disobey God? After much trouble and thought, He decided to sneak out of Israel and not go to Nineveh as God had commanded him. He was scared out of his wits. He decided to run and hide. So Jonah began a long journey over the barren sands of the desert where he reached the seashore and saw a vessel ready to depart from Israel and go to another city way across the sea. He asked the captain if he could board and got a cold reception. Captain wasn't accustomed to taking on strangers on his boat, but after a few kind words from Jonah, he convinced to let him get on board. The deckhands didn't know about the one god that Jonah served and believed in him. Their God was one, or actually gods, were built of stone or gold and worshiped them. They had one God of the sun, another God of the moon, and still another God, one of the sea, and a few more, one of the harvest, and so forth. Jonah watched him worshiping the different gods daily, but didn't say a word. He found a quiet place inside the belly of the ship and went sound to sleep. Once the ship traveled a short distance away from the land, the clouds darkened, and the sky turned dark, and a terrible, terrible storm was upon them. Everyone on board was tossed about like paper dolls. Needless to say, everyone was scared to death and began crying out to their gods of the sun, the moon, and the sea, but in the meanwhile, Jonah was down below sleeping peacefully with not a care in the world, or it seemed to all of his men. Now, before I continue, I do this all the time. It's no different in season two. Always got to take good care of my sponsors because they help me keep these podcasts going around the world, and I would like to welcome all my new listeners from the Netherlands and from Ireland and from Scotland, thank you for tuning in to my podcast. We appreciate it all the way here from Texas. Now, be right back. Welcome back, everyone. And now for the rest of my story. The captain ran down to the belly of the ship, where Jonah was sleeping, and he said, Hey, Jonah, wake up, man. Wake up. How in the world can you sleep during a time like this? What? What are what, what, what are you saying? What are you saying a time like this? There's a terrible storm outside, and the ship will surely sink. It's being torn apart. You've got to get up, Jonah, and pray to your God. Our gods have given no reply and the terrible storm only gets worse. No, this is the work I'm afraid of my God, the one and only God, the one who created this entire world. Did you do anything that would anger your God? How can we stop this storm, Jonah? I know why he's angry. I know very well why he's angry. I tried to run and hide away from him. He gave me an assignment and instead of doing as he asked, I ran away refused to do it. That's why he's so mad at me. So, what are we to do now, Jonah? I'm so sorry, Captain. There's nothing else you can do. There are no options here. You must throw me off the ship and save the lives of you and your crew. I'm sure the storm will stop. If you do this, my God will not harm you any further. I'm sorry, Jonah, but I can't do that. You're a good man. We will throw some cargo off the ship and lessen the load. That will probably help. So the deckhands began to throw the cargo off the ship. Barrels and packages that were loaded earlier at the dock, but no matter how much of the cargo they could throw from the ship, the storm still didn't disappear. As a matter of fact, it wasn't. Captain, Captain, please, you must throw me into the water. This storm will not stop unless you rid me from your ship. That's the only way. Save yourself, captain. Very well, Jonah. I see now that we have no option. May your God keep you safe. So the sailors threw Jonah from the ship. No sooner than he had disappeared in the waters The entire sea returned to a calm and the terrible storm subsided. At the same moment as the seas flattened, a large whale came up and swallowed Jonah. He became frightened more so than he had ever been in his entire life. He was cold and sitting up in the water inside the belly of the whale. The smell was awful and horrible all around him, and after only a few moments, he came to realize he was in the belly of a great fish. Jonah couldn't believe this was happening to him, but knew it was God who was doing this to him, and time passed. He spent three long days and nights in the whale's belly. Each hour of each day, he prayed to God for forgiveness and gave God his word that he would never hide away from him again. All the time he prayed, not one time did God give him a clue he was listening. Jonah began to believe he would never see the sunshine again. He spoke to the Lord. Oh, my Lord, I promise that I will never hide away from you again please let me see the daylight just one more time and I will do as you say I give you my word Lord Lord are you listening to me I realize now I should have never run and hidden from you that was so stupid of me All along inside the large well, Jonah became very sad. He called out to God. He believed that God was and should be listening would keep him safe. Finally, on the fourth day, the whale swam up to a beach and raised his head and spit Jonah out into the sandy shore. Jonah was happy he once more saw the light of day. Three days in the belly of a whale was enough. Then finally, God spoke. Jonah, Jonah, you can't hide from me. I am with you all the time and I'm not going anywhere. Oh God. Thank you for listening I'm so so sorry I realize now how foolish I have been Please Lord Please Tell me what it is I can do To make up for uh, running And hiding away from you Anything Lord Do as I commanded you Jonah You must go to Nineveh Time is getting short Complete the task that I gave you back in Israel. The people you and your people hate so much only hate me because they do not know me. They have not heard of my teachings and at least deserve a chance to change their evil ways and become good and kind. Very well, my Lord. I will do whatever you ask of me. I will go and I will speak to the people of Nineveh and tell them of your undying love. This time, Jonah didn't run and hide. He went to Nineveh as promised. He spoke to the people about God and his kingdom and told them what happened to him on the sea and how God saved him from the raging storm by sending to save him a huge blue whale. He told them the importance of doing good things and not evil things and being kind to people and doing unto others as they would like others to do unto them. And he told the people about what would happen from God's anger if they did not adhere to his request and become good people to one another. Jonah was surprised. The people of Nineveh listened to him. The great king heard of the words that traveled through his people and called Jonah to his chambers in the castle. Jonah gave his same words to the king and told him that if he and his people did not change their ways, it would be 36 days from them that he would be destroyed with every man, woman and child including all the animals in one terrible catastrophe. The king didn't hesitate. He believed Jonah and fell to his knees and prayed to be forgiven for all the bad and horrible things that he did. He also agreed to pray to the one and only God from that day forward. He also proclaimed that all people of his lands of Nineveh to pray to the one and only Almighty God. Jonah remained with the people of Nineveh for two more weeks or more and saw how they changed for the good. God decided that all was well in Nineveh and didn't destroy the city nor destroy the people. Jonah, after 40 days and all went well in Nineveh, realized the work he was assigned from God was completed and began his journey across the desert and barren lands back to Israel. However, in the back of his mind, he was thinking how much he had hoped his talks with the people didn't work and that God would go ahead and destroy Nineveh and all the people and animals within it. So, as one would have it, God didn't destroy Nineveh as Jonah was fit to be tied. He was mad and not very happy at all. Even though Jonah had these bad thoughts, he didn't know it, but God could hear them all. Again, he spoke to Jonah. Jonah, how come it is that you are not happy? You did well. You talked to the people and turned away from their evil ways. Yes, O Lord, that you were going to destroy Nineveh. I told them that. They are the enemies of Israel. I do not understand still why you didn't destroy them all. O Jonah, you don't know how much good you have done. You did as I had asked you to do. These people now are good and no longer evil, and they believe in me, their one true God, just like you do, John. I believe that everyone deserves a second chance to correct for their sins and their mistakes. I I still don't understand, my Lord. I don't wish to punish people, Jonah, I love all people, after all, I did create them, right? So if they make use of this great opportunity for a second chance, Jonah, to be good and God-loving people, who am I to just go and destroy them and to think this was all because of the good you did, Jonah, think about it. now. Go home, be at peace and rest. You have done a good job. Very well, my Lord. I understand now. I really, really appreciate the opportunity to serve you, Lord. Jonah did make his way back to Israel and continued to speak good things of God wherever he walked. He told his entire story the one where he was thrown off the ship at sea and swallowed by a whale and remained there for three days before God saved him. The people came to love and respect the prophet and he lived for a very, very long time. Let me just finish up today by doing a few things of analysis here A lot of people interpret the scriptures many ways like you do in poetry interpretation when you're in high school. And um, today, I wanna talk about God and his creation and evangelism. Creation is probably God's greatest evangelist. When Jonah is on a boat trying to escape from God and the sailors discovered it was his fault, their ship was fastly sinking, they asked Jonah who he was. He answered them by saying, I am a Hebrew and worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry lands. The sailors on the boat became terrified and noted their fear was because who Jonah's God was, not some tribal deity, but the Almighty Creator himself. Okay, let's talk about creation and God's work in the world. We have to talk about the fish. (laughs) The fish that swallowed Jonah has been often treated as simply an entertaining prop and a source of humor. However, I was struck by a part that was in the scriptures of the Old Testament that said, the Lord provided a huge fish And as I read on, I noticed the same words were used over and over again, never the word whale. The Lord provided the fish and a leafy vine plant to provide shade for Jonah as he traveled home in the hot desert. God also supplied a worm to eat that plant and a scorching wind blowing from the east which gave Jonah a most awful headache. God is actively at work in creation. And in the book of Jonah, God uses creation respectively to save, to shelter, to destroy, and to bring everyone to their right mindset. The Lord commanded and the giant fish obeyed. Creation is God's instrument doesn't mean we can treat nature instrumentally. Rather, we should respect creation's obedience to God's commands and listen carefully and attentively to God speaking to all of us through his creations. And lastly today, there's creation and the gospel. There's endless debate about how to define the Christian gospel. This is seen in my book called Seeing the Power of God. It's also seen in one of my earlier novels of the Old Testament. It's called Genesis. The biblical truth that the gospel is God's good news through the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ for individual persons and for society, and for all creation. God's good news is bigger than just saving souls. Jonah was sent to Nineveh to proclaim God's judgment and salvation, and significantly the scope included both human residents, that's true, and all the animals too. Both people and animals were told to fast from food and be covered in sackcloth. When the city repented, Jonah was fit to be tied complaining that God was gracious and compassionate. This was an ironic echo. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made all God has made of course includes non-humans as well as human creations. So the final verse the final, final, final verse of the book of Jonah is a theologically significant repost from God and it says and should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh in which there are more than 120,000 people who could not tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals. Jonah may not like it, and he may find it amazing too, but we'd better get used to it, for the fact is that God's concern and the good news throughout the Bible of salvation includes both people and animals. God saved the queen. And yes, God saved the whales. And now, my guest that's coming for the pilot edition, an episode of the Sydney St. James Show in two weeks. Well, we won't say what his name is yet. Let's just let it be a surprise. But I will tell you what Ronnie Rourke, the owner of a club in the downtown Austin, Texas, called the Back Room said, and this was back in 1981, to hell with virtuosity, just give me two 35 year old rednecks who can play three chords, preferably in the same key, who know that faded love has words and who can rebuff anything short of a nuclear strike from the audience. Give me that, he said. And my life will take care of itself. One of these people comes from a group known as Dan and Dave. And it goes in good with my pilot episode of this season because I wrote a book called Sam Bass. And Sam Bass was a outlaw in the state of Texas chased by the Texas Rangers for years. and. Anyhow, he's going to come and written at the turn of the century was a ballad called The Ballad of Sam Bass. And we're going to talk about my book and we're going to talk about the story of Sam Bass and no other than, oh heck, you got to know who he is so you can tune in. His name is Dave Henry. And yes, he's still strumming that guitar and yes, he'll be here with us. On my pilot podcast for season two, singing that very famous song from my book, The Ballad of Sam Bass. So, I hope you come back with me. We'll be doing this the first week of December of 2021. Until later, see you later, alligator. Well, that does it for me for another great episode from Sydney St. James. Be sure to click on the tab above that says send a voice message and I will get it from you and I'll probably play it back on one of my future podcasts. Also, don't forget to click the button follow. I'd love for you to follow my podcasts. But it's been fun. I hope you enjoyed this episode and until next time, here I am, Sydney St. James. Happy listening.